This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's football is here to stay, and so are we. Hello and welcome to today's episode of View from the Bridge. Uh, I'm Sam Hill and today I have with me Bobby Vincent. How are you, Bob? I'm good, thank you, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, all good. All good, thank you. Um, We'll be looking back at Chelsea's 2-2 draw against Arsenal last weekend and also looking ahead to the Brentford fixture this weekend. Um, There's a few key talking points we want to get started with, and so I will hand over to Bob to get his initial thoughts on the game against Arsenal. Yeah, um, just as a sort of disclaimer, we haven't done one of these in a while as well. Um, Myself and Scott Trotter have had different days off, and um, Scott's been off this week as well, so Sam Hill is um, doing a fine job of replacing him. But yeah, on to last week's game, and it was... A very encouraging performance from Chelsea, I thought. Um, really unfortunate not to get the three points against, you know, an Arsenal side that are going to be challenging Manchester City and at the moment looking like Tottenham for the Premier League title at the end of the season. So to, you know, to come out of the game feeling a bit aggrieved that you didn't get three points, I guess that's a positive in itself. But also, of course, there's the disappointment and um, the mixed feelings because... <clears throat> Chelsea bossed that game for a good 75 minutes and there's that, you know, that mistake from Robert Sanchez, which isn't great. And we'll come on to that in a bit more detail that sets Declan Rice up um, for a good finish and then Trossard equalises about seven minutes later. And if it wasn't for that mistake, then we'd be looking and talking very differently about um, Chelsea right now. We'd be saying that they've won four in a row and, you know, one of the most informed sides in the Premier League. But like I said, a draw is not the end of the end of the world against Arsenal. It's it's still a good result, and it's just it's just very mixed feelings. And um, we're Thursday now. We're on Thursday, so it's a few days after. And I think Chelsea fans now will be sort of looking forward and becoming more excited for the games to come because they have got a really tough run of fixtures. That, um, you know, to play that well against Arsenal is definitely a positive, and it's a, it's a great start. Yeah, like you said, I think there'll be a lot of mixed feelings after that game. Obviously, there'll be a lot of hope 
from that result, given the, the performance for around 75 minutes before Arsenal found a way back into the game and ultimately drew level. Um, I suppose that's sort of the next step for Pochettino and his Chelsea side is they can do the performance for certain points of the game and certain periods of the game, but it's it's about killing those games off and, and making your chances count. Um, were there any bright sparks for you from that performance for Chelsea moving forward? As you said, like difficult fixture coming up against Brentford and the run of fixtures they've got. Is there anyone that can take uh, sort of any positives from that performance moving forward? Yeah, lo- loads. And I think one of them is um, Pochettino because he's been, um, he's not really known for his um, sort of his tactics, he's, he's more, a lot of people said he's just, you know, um, a very good man manager, but no one really puts him up there with the sort of top tact- tacticians. And, you know, Mikel Arteta has been one of them in the last few, last two seasons, especially for Arsenal. And I thought, like I said, for 75 minutes, I thought he got it absolutely spot on, Pochettino. And um, they played a sort of box midfield almost with Cole Palmer as a um, leading it as a false nine. And they just restricted Arsenal's, you know, the, the likes of Martin Odegaard and Declan Rice, they restricted them to very little um, until I've seen a mistake and when Rice scored. But I thought from that, that that's brilliant because we haven't really seen that from Pochettino yet. You could, I guess you could argue, first game of the season against Liverpool, um, he got his tactics right there as well for the most part. But apart from that, it's been games you probably expect Chelsea to win. So tactics haven't really come into it as much. Uh, but yeah, player-wise, there's absolutely loads Um I think Mark Kukurea has been brilliant the last few games. He, of course, was playing at right back, but he played at left back on um, Saturday and looked, you know, a lot closer to the sort of levels Chelsea thought they'd be getting when they spent a lot of money on him last season. And um, I mean, that's only a positive. And I think for me, he has to sort of stay in the side now with Ben Chilwell and um, really sort of make his claim. Uh, you look at um, the likes of Cole Palmer, who I mentioned, playing in a position that he probably hasn't played too much, especially at senior level um, for Man City or Chelsea. Uh, playing as a false nine, I thought he did brilliantly and looked potentially Chelsea's um, best player on the day. I really like the fact that he wanted the penalty as well. Um, there's a lot of sort of words exchanged between him and Raheem Sterling and Sterling's, you know, about seven years older than him, so it would have been very easy to back down in that situation. But he wanted it, and he did take the one the week before or two weeks before against Burnley and scored it. So I think he had every right to, you know, claim that ball, and it was a great penalty. But apart from that, I thought he was brilliant. Just linking the play together, bringing the wide players into the game, um, pressing Arsenal's back line, not giving them much room to play out into midfield. I thought he was excellent. And... Yeah, there's a load. I mean, we could talk all day, really, because there are pretty pretty much everyone on that pitch for Chelsea was very good that day. Um, and yeah, if you look at the likes of Mikhailo Mudrick as well, he's just looking like a different player now. Whether he meant his goal or not, um, probably think he didn't, but I, I it doesn't take away from his really strong performance. And he's got you know two goals in three Premier League games now, and the game he didn't score any, he only played six minutes in, so. He's definitely a player in form and one of the first names sort of on the team sheet at the moment for Pochettino. But yeah, loads and loads of um, positives to take from Chelsea, like there has been all season, but at least now they're sort of getting results as well. For sure. I think getting that result, just avoiding the defeat against Arsenal, who, like you said, are challenging for the title this season, is is a huge positive for Chelsea moving forward. Um, 
I think that makes them what three games unbeaten in a row in the Premier League now. So, so they've they've hit form at a good time heading into the Brentford fixture. Obviously, Brentford a team that have caused a lot of what you'd so call the top six clubs problems in the past. Um, is there anyone that you're looking out for that can really step up against Brentford to sort of keep that good form going? I suppose the defence is a key area, obviously coming up against Brian and Buemo and and Johan Wissett who have been really informed for Brentford in the absence of Ivan Tony. Um, is there anyone you're looking at in that defensive set for Poch who could come into the side or could stay in the side and go on to prove a further point that they belong in the team? I think you've got to look at Rhys Jamesy. I mean, he came on for the last sort of uh, 15 or so minutes against Arsenal and after a lengthy layoff. And I think, you know, logic would say that he probably will start this game because he's had a bit more time to get himself fully fit. And, you know, Chelsea, I never thought Chelsea would start him against Arsenal because, you know, the sort of game it is and not wanting to aggravate an injury from a player for a player who's um, really struggled with muscular problems. So now that he's sort of, by the time Brentford does come around, we'll have a full week. It's worth the training under his belt, and um, I think he probably comes into the side. I think Manu Gusto was pretty strong against Arsenal. Uh, there's a few question marks over Trossard's goal. He sort of lost him a bit at the far post, which does happen. And I mean, considering how much Gusto's played already this season, a lot more than he would have thought because of um, Rhys James's injury, I think that's probably his first mistake, first clear mistake for a goal. So. It's definitely not a criticism in his part, but maybe he comes up the side for um, Rhys James. And then you've got, you know, you've got Thiago Silva, who I thought did play well against Arsenal, um, one of his better performances this season, because um, I don't think he's been up to scratch, up to his usual standards uh, over the first few games, which, you know, I guess is expected now that he's um, approaching 40 years old and proves that he is human almost. And so there is a question mark whether you bring <clears throat> Benoit Badia-Shiel into the team. But there seems to be this whole thing that you can't play two left-footed centre-backs together. So I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure if um, Pochettino would want that with Colwell and Badia Shield. But the way I look at it is you've got probably your two most promising centre-backs. You could argue Wesley Fofana as well, um, both left-footed. And <clears throat> you don't really want to halt either of their progression or development by picking one over the other. I'd like to see them together. I think in a back three it would work because you could play one in the middle um, and then have a right-footed centre-back at right at right centre-back. But it'll be interesting to see if he does bring Badiashi in because like James, he was on the bench last week and was never going to start. But with more training under his belt, he's um, he'll be a lot more ready this weekend. Um, but I, I keep it largely the same. I, I, I think he will go with Silva and um, Colwell again. I think you have to play Cucurea at the moment because... You know, he doesn't doesn't deserve to be dropped, and there's a little choice at left back as well. Um, unless he brings in Badia Shield and puts Colwell there, which I'm not quite sure. But I think Reese James coming in will be the only change. Then you look at <clears throat> the midfield three. I think were really good against Arsenal. They, if you looked at it on paper and looked at Arsenal's midfield, you probably would have predicted them coming to Stamford Bridge and sort of dominating. But I thought Conor Gallagher was excellent, probably the best of the three. And he's been exceptional all season and he played in a slightly different role. Um, so we have to keep his place. And then you've obviously got Enzo Fernandez and Moises Caicedo, who everyone knows are brilliant. And I think they were, I think it was two of their strongest performances against Arsenal the weekend. So I wouldn't make too many changes apart from, you know, maybe the obvious ones like Rhys James coming back in. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if I was Pochettino, I wouldn't be looking to change that lineup too much. Um, obviously, the Arsenal game came fresh off of an international break, so you have an extra, a lot more time to work with the players on the training pitches. Brentford are a very different team to Arsenal. I think the midfield could be crucial. And like you said, the performances of Enzo Fernandez, Moises Caicedo, Conor Gallagher, they really shut Arsenal down in their creativity and dominated that area of the pitch. So I think that could be crucial. And I did like the interchangeability of of Palmer and Gallagher in that box midfield as the two forward players where they they pushed and pressed. And you had Sterling and Mudrick on the wings pressing the fullbacks as well. I think that could be a good setup for Pochettino and Chelsea moving forward. Obviously, you still have Nkunku to come back from injury as well. And you have Nicholas Jackson, Armando Brogia on the bench. Um, But I think... If I was Pochettino, I'd probably stick with that same lineup that started against Arsenal and give them a second chance to to show that they can continue that form. And like you said, like the, the difficult fixtures Chelsea fans are aware of coming up, if they can perform like they did against Arsenal, against Brentford, I have no doubt that they will get a, a positive result again against Brentford and, and look to get back to winning ways. Um, so, yeah, I think... Kukurea is obviously performing at left-back in the absence of Chilwell. I think he has to stay. I do think Reese James should come back in at right-back. I think he's just one of Chelsea's best players. And if he's fit enough, and like you said, he's had extra time to to get back to his full sharpness now. Um, he was never going to start against Arsenal. Um, but I think he should start against Brentford. Um, and then we're starting to see Chelsea's side come back to full strength almost with the absence of Chilwell and Nkunku. Um, I think moving forward for Pochettino, it is just a case of trying to stop as many individual mistakes in the team that can backfire. You look at the Arsenal game, you had Gusto switching off at the back post after his strong performance and... There was an error from Sanchez in goal and, and there was a case to be made about Gallagher switching off with Rice, getting ahead of him to meet the ball. Obviously, it's a great goal from Declan Rice, but it's those individual mistakes that I think will move out of the team in time. Um, but I think it's a good good fixture coming up against Brentford. I think it can give the, the team a platform to show that they're moving in the di- right direction once again. Um, and obviously, it would be great to to get three points moving into that that difficult fixture run, like you said. Um, so yeah, uh, if there are any other key points you want to cover again ahead of the Brentford fixture, yeah, I think it's a great point about the sort of individual mistakes, and <clears throat> I think a lot of that comes down to managing the game in the last, you know, well, in this case, fifteen minutes or however long um, Chelsea were tuning up. And I mean, if you look at Arsenal on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night against Sevilla, they were in literally the same boat, and um, they conceded one. And but then, then they sort of managed the game very well from there, and didn't really look like conceding. I think they had a few shaky moments at the end, but that was always going to happen. And <clears throat> I guess that will come with time, hopefully, because 
you know, when you look at it, Pochettino's only really had his players since the start of June, and um, he, you know, he they were coming at different times in pre-season, so he's only had a full squad really since August, sort of late July time, and so he hasn't had that much time to um, build that into the squad. And I think what he's done, apart from that, has been actually really good because we've seen a we've seen a Chelsea team now that have character and personality with something that we literally didn't see at all last season. I think Pochettino referenced their character and personality after the Arsenal game, um, saying how good it was. And I, I cannot recall one time last year really where um, under, you know, two quarter star, Graham Potter, Frank Lampard, where that was the case. But yeah, like getting that game management right is going to come over time, hopefully. And at the end of the day, they're against a team who were, probably should have won a title last season and were excellent last season. I think of having lost in the Premier League yet this season and they came so close to, you know, inflicting that first defeat on them. But I think sometimes in those sort of situations, the top teams like Man City and Arsenal and, you know, Liverpool over recent years will see out games by just keeping the ball and slowing things down, playing it between their centre-backs. And I just don't think Chelsea did that. Um, the game sort of stay quite frantic and it's probably not what Pochettino wanted but realistically he knows that to have that level of game management now is unrealistic and um but yeah so I think that is something looking forward we can hopefully start to see from Chelsea especially against the better teams and these next I think it's six six games now because it was a seven game run um they're against some top sides and I think Brentford as well are outside and have proven that against um sort of the bigger teams, so to speak, over, well, since they got promoted, really. I think the way they play football is exciting to watch and um, they press really high. And I, I think I was reading some of Thomas Frank's comments after their win versus Burnley last time out and he was saying that they sort of look back to their best in terms of what they do in off the ball and they haven't really had that this season so far. Um, so if they can sort of replicate that against Chelsea, then it's going to make things really difficult for Chelsea playing out from the back and you know but like you said I think it I think it is a good game because I don't for Chelsea because I don't think Brentford are the sort of team that will um come and play you know a very defensive style of a low block like perhaps we've seen a few times a season um Nottingham Forest uh comes to mind when they went one nil up came and made things really tight in the middle for Chelsea and um they couldn't find a way through but I don't think Brentford would be like that I think they'll try and play on the front foot and try and you know, match Chelsea's distance covered and etc. So I think there will be areas for Chelsea to exploit if they can break that press, but it's going to be hard because, like you said, they've got some top players and Johan Visser and Brian and Buemo, who I think both scored against Burnley as well. Um, so they'll be full of confidence. But yeah, look, this this Chelsea team now, it's, it's in form and we haven't really said that about a Chelsea team in the last 18 months. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's exciting to see if they can carry on this momentum. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm quite excited for the weekend. Yeah, I think it, it will be an exciting fixture. And like you said, I don't think Brentford are the type of team to sort of back down from uh, from high-quality opposition. And so I imagine there will be lots of chances for both sides. And it's up to Chelsea to be able to stop the attacking threat of Brentford, even though they don't have Ivan Tony available. They still have Mbwemo, Vissa, Norgard coming from deep as well. So there is a lot of things for Pochettino to consider on how to stop Brentford being able to play out the way they usually do against teams. Um, but I think Chelsea have a lot of threats themselves. I think Cole Palmer has been brilliant since he arrived at the club and, and he's shown it in the last few weeks of him now being able to take his confidence that he has in himself and produce on the pitch with goals. And like you said, taking the penalty off Sterling shows that confidence and that arrogance that I think Chelsea are, were calling out for an attack. They need someone that wants to demand the ball and is willing to take the responsibility to go and make the difference in attack. And I think that breeds around the team as well. You saw Enzo Fernandez and Moises Caicedo for, starting to form that strong partnership um, that Pochettino would have hoped for as well. And Conor Gallagher there bringing the energy in midfield as well and supporting the attack where needed, being that key link up between the midfield and attack. Um, so I think, yeah, it's looking positive at the moment for Chelsea. And if they can carry that on with another good performance and and potentially a win against Brentford. I think it puts them in good stead heading into that into that run of fixtures. Um, like you said, you've had the fixture change as well, but I think at the moment, a lot of Chelsea fans will be pleased with what they saw against Arsenal and, and hoping for more of the same against Brentford. Yeah, um, I was just going to say as well, I think this will be uh, Chelsea's 10th Premier League game of the season and I just wanted to get your thoughts, so I'll share mine as well, on um, sort of how Pochettino's done at the 10 game mark. Um, you know, there's, like we said, the last three games in the Prem have been a lot better, but there was a lot of pretty knee jerk reaction, in my opinion. But before that, saying that he perhaps isn't the man. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, look, over the past 18 months at Chelsea, it's been very chaotic and, and, not settled. I think if there was one man that's proven it at other clubs that he can go into um, a new club and give, be given time to introduce his methods and training and build a team that suits his his tactical vision, I think it's Pochettino. Obviously, he did it at Southampton. He's done it at Spurs. PSG was a bit of an outlier because of the club that PSG is. They only went for the superstars and things like that. I think like you said, I think it was very knee-jerk to to start calling for Pochettino saying that he wasn't the right man when you're only ten ga- coming up to 10 games into the season. I think if it had been halfway through the season, I think then if results hadn't improved or it, or it hadn't looked like it was going in the right direction, I think those views would, would have more substance to them. But I think look, the start of the season has been very interrupted by injuries to the likes of Nkunku. You've got Nicholas Jackson trying to prove himself as starting number nine and then getting suspended. You've got Brozier coming back from injury and still struggling with a few knocks here and there. 
you've got a lack of confidence in attack. You've got a mix-up in the back with injuries there, hampering things. So I think it hasn't been easy for Pochettino. I think he's trying to slowly integrate what he wants from his players onto the pitch. And I think the last few weeks have shown that. I think the start to the season against Liverpool was a strong result at home. I think they'd have taken a 2-2 draw against Liverpool. I know they've had a lot of draws against Liverpool in the past, but I think that's not a bad result. And then, yeah, there are a few iffy results here and there and some players not performing as much as you'd like. But you got to remember, it's not just the manager that's got to settle into the new club. The players have got to adapt to the manager. And they've last season, they went through Tuchel at the start, then Graham Potter and then Frank Lampard. So it's it's not been easy for them over the last year or so, especially with the amount of new faces coming into the side. So I think calls for Pochettino to, to go this early in the season are, are way off. I think if it was, you're looking at February, March time, where he's had around six months or so at the club, I think then if results hadn't improved, it would have been a bit fairer. But I think you've got to give him the season regardless and <clears throat> and just see where you are next summer. If he, if he gets you closer to the top four, I think that's a positive season for Chelsea, given where they were last season. And if they can go well in, in the FA Cup, I think it'll be a good a good season and things are starting to look in the right direction for them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And thankfully, you know, those shouts have sort of died down a bit now because that's what result, good results do. Um, but I, I think what he's done so far has actually been very good. I it's quite a lot of the time with a new manager. Um, it takes a while for like their ideas and their philosophy to come across and for like, for like, you know, like casual football fans or whatever to actually see that on the pitch um, for it to be noticeable. But I think it happened very early with Pochettino. I think even there were, you know, uh, glimpses of a Liverpool game where you could see sort of a more structured press from Chelsea. Um, just different systems and the ways of attacking that we didn't really see last season. They were, a lot of it was quite one-dimensional last season. It was crosses into the box and, you know, if no one was there, then Chelsea wouldn't score a lot of the time. Um, but I think very early on in, in this Pochettino reign, he's um, he's proven that he's he's almost built these foundations for a team that can create chances. And But for a lot of it, they just haven't had the, you know, the right man to uh, put the ball in the back of the net, basically, which, you know, is obviously crucial. Um, but fortunately, they've scored, you know, a few goals on their last, more than a few goals on their last um, three Premier League games, and they look a lot better. And I remember at the time when, I think probably after the Aston Villa loss, I think that was Chelsea's most recent defeat. That was the end of September, so, you know, just over a month ago. Um, I remember seeing a few tweets just saying he's not the right man for Chelsea, he doesn't sort of fit the mould of a massive football club like Chelsea and I thought at the time I, I, I didn't agree with it um, I definitely don't agree with it now but because there were a lot of comparisons to you know to Jose Mourinho Antonio Conte um, Carlo Ancelotti these huge names that have managed Chelsea in the past and he's nothing like them at all he, he's not like that he doesn't he's not as um, arrogant as as all three of them, really. Um, I, I'm not saying he doesn't believe in himself. He's, he's obviously very confident, but he comes across a lot more humble than all three. And I think that's that's great. I think as a time and place variance, but especially at this time, I don't think they need that at Chelsea. I think I think he's 
Pochettino right now is the perfect manager for where Chelsea are right now because they have, you know, they have all these young players who have been doubted and been signed from all over the shop and been criticised very strongly by a lot of, um, you know, big people in football and <clears throat> some of the Chelsea fans as well. And I think his man management style and the way he likes to put an arm around the player and um, he's spoken about it a lot in press conferences, how how football's changed and how the young footballer now is completely different to the young footballer when he was playing, um, you know, however long ago. And I think he gets it. I think he gets the psychological side a lot more than um, perhaps your Jose Mourinho, your Antonio Conte, your Carlo Ancelotti. For all of their sort of um, brilliance, they, I think Pochettino does suit what Chelsea need more now. He, I think to build a, to start building a long-term project, I don't think there's many better than Pochettino. And I liked him before he came into the job. I thought he, I thought he would be, um, you know, a great candidate for it. And when he was appointed, I thought the same. But, you know, however many months on now it is, I, I think my opinions just got higher of him, the way he comes across and. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's easy to say this now after a few results, but I probably would have said the same back in um, back in September after the Nottingham Forest game, Aston Villa game, even. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's exciting, and I think a lot of Chelsea fans now are excited. And there's a definitely a more positive mood around Chelsea fans at the moment. I, I do a lot of you know my work looking at social media, and I follow a lot of Chelsea fans, so I I can gauge the sort of atmosphere quite well, and I think now people are starting to look forward to games more and that sounds ridiculous because you know as a football fan you should look forward to watching your team play but i know for a lot of last season chelsea fans would dread when their team were playing against even like away at bournemouth or something um where they should realistically be winning but chelsea fans would have dreaded that last season and now they're just sort of counting the days down until they play again so yeah i mean 10 games in i think i think um Personally, couldn't be happier with what he's doing at Chelsea. Um, you know, results aside, I think he's just been brilliant. And yeah, it'll be his tenth Premier League game on Saturday, and it'll be a tough game against Brentford. It certainly will. I think to touch on the positive mood, I think you're starting to see that as well. The togetherness between the manager and the players. Um, you see that at points where he's sort of grabbing Cole Palmer and giving him a hug and and things like that. The interaction between the manager and the the players that breathes into the stands. Um, and I think these Chelsea fan, the Chelsea fans are starting to get a connection with these Chelsea players. It's it is hard when there's so many that are coming in and co- and going from the club as well. But I think there there is starting to feel like a connection between the supporters and the team and the manager, which I think is crucial when you're trying to work towards a long term target, which has obviously been set by the owners. And Chelsea fans have been used to top managers coming into their club and winning titles and then leaving within the space of three years. And I think that's now changed under the new ownership. And although last season they made a few mistakes, obviously sacking Tuchel, sacking Potter, and then bringing in Lampard on an interim basis, I think if they could go back and hire Pochettino when they first considered him and then went for Potter instead, I think who knows what Pochettino could have done that season so I think they've got him in now they've got their man I think now's the time to support him as much as possible there's obviously talk around him getting more control over the transfer strategy with the club which will only help you think if he can get the players that he wants to fit his tactical system at the club so I think 
like you said, I think is a very exciting time leading up to the new year um, for Chelsea. And I think it all starts with this weekend's game against Brentford as well and see if they can continue this run of unbeaten games and and see where they can go really up until January and then and then assess from there and see what they need in the transfer market or or what's going to help them move forward um, and finish the second half of the season strong. Um, but yeah, thank you for your time today, Bob. Um, I believe we've covered most of the things we wanted to get across. So um, that'll be all for today's episode of A View from the Bridge. Um, appreciate Bob's time coming and talk to us and appreciate you guys listening as well. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay and so are we.